0: Hello, welcome once again to another episode of the Pace in Space podcast, coming to you live from the Toronto Raptors fishing boat. This is, as always, your host, Calvin Daniel, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my buddy, Leif. What's going on, Leif?
1: Man, I'm doing all right. How you doing today?
0: Doing all right. Doing all right. There is and isn't a lot to talk about right now in NBA playoffs. depends on your perspective, I guess. But uh, we're, I'm going to talk about some round two stuff with you, if that's all right.
1: Yeah, man, we got some expect, expected results so far with Cleveland and Golden State. So we do right. have some things to talk about.
0: Yeah, and as we speak, as we're recording this Thursday night, there is a very unexpected result happening. As currently, the Spurs are up, I believe it's 20 points in the second quarter in Houston. Without Kawhi Leonard, I don't think, at least I didn't expect that. I thought that Kawhi being out meant that this was going to go seven for sure. Rockers were going to run the Spurs out the building and and re- reload for for game seven in San Antonio. But uh, Popovich and crew said, no, let's just wrap this up tonight.
1: Catch it all. It seems that they're just playing together.
0: Yeah, they definitely are. Lamarcus Lamarcus Aldridge is well, stepping Harden's up. Not. Harden is not stepping up. Yep. Um, But, you know, we're going to yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We're going to talk about him a little later. I think what we have to do, and I kind of joked about it a little bit to open up the show, is we got to talk about the fallen soldiers as of uh, this past week. That being the toronto raptors and the utah jazz both losing in sweep fashion to the Cavs and warriors respectively and uh first and foremost i, I want to start with the raptors we're going to do the jazz too and i have i have a couple questions i want to talk to you about regarding both of these teams now sure. a lot of people have been talking about this i've noted i've seen a lot of This discussion on The Ringer, Kevin O'Connor, a bunch of other people, they've been openly asking the question, should the Raptors blow it up? The reason they're saying this is because Kyle Lowry is going to be a free agent this summer. Serge Ibaka is going to be a free agent this summer. I believe P.J. Tucker is also up for a new contract. There is a lot of questions surrounding the core of that team. And this is also a core now that you've had, I believe, four or five years now consecutively in the postseason, which is success in itself. But we also have seen four or so years of, I would say, underperformance for the most part. If you exclude last year's run into the Eastern Conference Finals, we had them lose in the first round, even though they were... The, the host team once or two, once or twice already, and now this year, this was the year where everyone said this team probably has the best chance out of anyone in the East to upset Cleveland, just by the way they were constructed and the moves Masai Ujiri made in the tra- at the trade deadline, and then they get swept four games straight. They don't even look like they want any part of Cleveland in any of these games, really. And now, they've got some decisions to make. So, first and foremost, if you're Masai Ujiri, do you keep? Do you re-sign Kyle Lowry?
1: Well, let me ask you this. If you do not sound, sign Lowry, who do you replace him with?
0: That is the question, isn't it? Now, yeah, I'll start off, since you asked me, I'll start it off. I think the Raptors need to blow it up. That's my personal opinion. You've already committed to DeRozan. You gave him that contract last summer. And to his credit, he he looks like he's gonna earn it. He's still he's still fairly young. You got him you basically you're you're getting him at a point where he should be improving from year to year moving forward. And he didn't have a great playoffs again. And that's something that, you know, is going to be an open question with him. But I think you have to blow it up and blow it up, not in the sense that you're going to go Orlando Magic or Philadelphia 76ers, so to speak. But blow it up in the sense that you have to realize that you're not going to get any further than you are with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan as your two best players. And you have this opportunity to move on from Kyle Lowry. There's no guarantee he's going to want to stay either. So he might be doing you a favor if he wants to go play somewhere else. But Kyle Lowry is also a guy who's 30, 31 years old now. So you're going to be getting, you're going to be signing him for a five year max into his mid 30s when he's already showing you he's not the type of player that can be the best player in a playoff series. And, yeah, I think you just have to move on. You have to take a step back, maybe this year, maybe the next two years, so that you can find a player or players that pair better with DeRozan, maybe even find a player who can be better than DeRozan so that you can actually start putting a team together that can get out of the Eastern Conference. So.
1: I understand what you're saying by blow it up. But my problem is right now, the Raptors are in a place where they have a bunch of players who are free agents, including Lowry. When you talk mm-hmm. about Abaka, mm-hmm. and I guess Tucker, you can go on from there. So clearly, there has to be a decision that they have to make. Who are they going to sign back? Who are they going to bring back on the team? Now, going back to that question about Lowry, I think Lowry is a player who thrived well in that system I mean before that we really weren't talking about Lowry and you know he got a position where he was coupled with DeRozan and they were a a, a dynamic duel but at the same time I don't know who you're gonna sign in free agency that's going to give you that same kind of production or that same player who can work well with DeRozan. After all, we know DeRozan is a good offensive player. He's not a player who shoots threes. He's a player who really, you know, shoots at the elbow, can drive to the basket. So you need a a point guard who can stretch the floor, shoot the three, handle the ball, I mean, are we talking about like a, a Jeff Teague kind of player, or are we talking about a player who's a little more dynamic? Like, I don't know, like a a healthy Derrick Rose type. So, I think for what Lowry is, I think he's not a bad player in that system. Now, in terms of of blowing it up, I don't, I don't know if I would say blow it up. Um, I, I know LeBron's going there, and he's just pretty much breaking up teams right now because he's making teams look back at themselves and try to figure out the answer. I mean, after all, if you look at the teams that LeBron has played over the last several years, they've even blown up, stocked up, and even you see the situation with Golden State where they had to get KD. So, is that the case with the Raptors? Is it a case of they have to blow it up and create a whole new dynamic? Or... Is it where they just have to add the right pieces to the puzzle? I agree with what you said. You said something to the effect that maybe you need a player who's better than DeRozan, and I think that's a fair point. I don't think DeRozan is that superstar that many people make him out to be, and so maybe he needs another player on that team who can complement or who he can complement but again, who is that player? And who are you getting to go to Toronto?
0: Yeah, uh, I hear what you're saying. But when I look at this team, I see Clippers East. This is a team to me that has plateaued. I don't know how, how much more of a sample size we need to understand that they're not going to be any better than they already are as currently constructed. And it's but, not... It's not like they've had they've done a bad job building that team like Messiah Jerry has built uh, has put together a lot of good role players I mean he whiffed pretty bad with the Damari Carroll signing, but other than that he's been really good with mostly all of his moves. The problem with this team and it's kind of a a separate problem than the clippers really is that. This team has the right role players, but the stars are not at the level you need the stars to be to get over the hump. And,
1: and that's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point.
0: So, I think they have to. I think they have to reimagine this team. I think Musai Jiri has to sit down and say, "What does a team featuring Demar Derozan look like that can?" be the best team in the east because I don't think it's the team they have currently constructed I don't think Lowry and DeRozan together is going to get you over that hump especially when they both have the same problem of not stepping up in the playoffs you you can't have your two best players consistently dip in performance in the playoffs every year that that's just not gonna work you just can't do that and then the other thing, too, is you're going to have to try and find a way to move some of the money you may have incorrectly invested in guys like Damari Carroll and Jonas Valanciunas. I think those are two guys they're going to have to look to trade on top of all of the free agent decisions they're going to have to make this offseason.
1: That's a hard task. That's, that's a very hard ask, especially saying that you're looking for a, a player who is going to be that, you know, gate, that showstopper kind of player. I mean, after all, isn't that the same issues that we've been talking about for a lot of teams mm-hmm. trying to find that player? And they haven't been able to find those players. That's part of the reason why the the East is so weak. Right. Because they can't find those players. And so now are we gonna say, well, a team like the Raptors, who, for all case and purposes, really did nothing against the Cavs, do they go and strip that away and say, Okay, now we have to rebuild, albeit not like the Sixers, but to get rid of these players and start again?
0: Well, the other thing is too like the guys I'm mentioning, like Carol, Carol's not giving them anything really. When you look at it, he he's, and he's making about fifteen million for the next for this season and two more seasons. And when you look at the amount of money he's getting, he's making versus the production, you're just not getting the you're just not getting equal value at all, let alone surplus value. And then you have Valanchunas tied to similar money, and you're playing in a league. And in a conference where a big man like Valanchunas is going to be a liability just as much, if not more so, than he will be an asset. Like, look at the top teams in the East. Like, how many teams can you can the Raptors justifiably put Valanchunas up against for a good 30 to 35 minutes?
1: That's a good point.
0: And, and so... You, you, you've invented, and I get it, he's still young, he's only 24, but we already know the type of big man he is. And that's not a type of big man that you build your team around. You, you need someone a little more athletic, and that's why last year's Raptors actually were a bit more impressive because they were able to give you a different look with Biombo coming off the bench. And Biombo actually ended up being a playoff superstar in a way with, with all of those rebounds and blocks and he started doing the Matumbo finger wag and he got the crowd going. But also too, it worked for them because he was just as he was just as big as Valanciunas, but he was much more mobile, much more athletic. He was able to impose his will more, especially on the defensive side than Valanciunas can. So they need to invest in a big, more akin to that type of model than Valentunis. Now, does this mean? Which new... is why they got Ibaka. Right, but Ibaka is a stretch four, small ball five. He's not a five in the sense like Biamba was. Biamba was a legit five who you could still keep on the court if you wanted to pick up the pace.
1: So now, who you talking about?
0: Well. They're gonna have to find out. They're gonna have to find some options now. You could live with Ibaka at the five if you want to do that. I mean, you you got some money coming off the books if you're able to trade a Carroll or Valachunas. Maybe maybe you just go more. Maybe commit even more to that small ball lineup. Maybe you sign Ibaka with the idea that he's gonna play more five than anything else. And maybe you go get the guy that you didn't get to trade the trade deadline or that you tried to get at the trade deadline but couldn't in Paul Millsap. Let Lowry go. Bring in Millsap. Got a backup Millsap. If you can find a taker for Carroll or Valanciunas, then you have more money to get some other guys. And there's not. And then you can let Lowry go. And maybe Millsap can be that player that can rise to the occasion for you guys with DeRozan because we already know the DeRozan-Lowry the backcourt does not rise to the occasion. And maybe you can find a point guard, like an interim point guard, so to speak, this year. And if you are still a, a solid playoff team, great. If not, if not, then you still know you don't have your your long-term point guard yet. So you, you do it to to stay competitive, but with the long term view of still trying to find that that right piece.
1: Is all this effort in a way to try to defeat the Cavs?
0: Well, that move, you're not beating the Cavs that way. you at best, you're probably like a somewhere between a four to seven seed in the East. With what I just described, but
1: which they were already
0: right. But you're, you're changing the dynamic of your team now and giving yourself room to improve in an area you won't be able to if you commit long-term to Kyle Lowry.
1: Okay, fair. And that's where I feel like if you can put together pieces that will replace Kyle Lowry. Now, let's face it. Lowry does not want to sign back with Toronto.
0: You don't think so. I don't
1: think. Only reason he probably would want to sign is because he know the money's on the table and the money he would lose from go- to go into another team.
0: Let me ask you this: Would you give Kyle Lowry the five year max? Do you have much of a choice? Yes, you can. Yeah, you can say no. I mean, I,
1: I, 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 I that goes to another whole conversation. I think the way the, the NBA has been structured with these contracts really has um, dummy down who gets max contracts or not. So is he going to get a max contract? I think he will. No, a, he is. An all-star point guard? He's going to get his five-year deal.
0: No, no, he is. I'm not, I'm not debating whether he is going to get that money or not. What I'm saying is if you're Masai Ujiri, if you're the Raptors GM, are you giving Kyle Lowry the five-year max? Are you locking that in? Yes I can't do that man i can't
1: if 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 I'm him now are you asking if i were if if I were the g m of Toronto
0: mm-hmm. or if I were him no if you were the gm if it's your call with oh, no. with no. your preferences with your ideals with your philosophies, would you lock in Kyle Lowry to a five year max contract no I wouldn't either I mean you're looking at signing Kyle Lowry for his age 31, 32, 33, 35 for 35 season. And yeah, he's not going to get better in the next 5 years.
1: Yeah, I, and I agree with that. And and in terms of what the Raptors are going to do, they're going to put that offer on the table because the Raptors are probably feeling like they're not going to attract any other free agents into Toronto, which it sucks, but that's what it is. They're not.
0: Maybe not via free agency, but they could trade for another. They could trade. They could, there's trades that could happen. inside jury has that, made great trades in the past.:
1: There are trades are going to happen, but you're not going to get that point guard that you're looking for. You're going to get stop gaps, you're going to get projects, you're going to get role players. I think at this point, those are the type of players you're going to get. Maybe they can go and start talking to Detroit and asking Detroit, you know, can we do something for Reggie Jackson or something like that? Those are the kind of deals they're looking at. Maybe uh, what's, I don't know, know, if Bloodsoul's a free agent or not, maybe that's the type of player, and even him, I wouldn't want to get messed with with his his injury issues. Mm. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking at right now. And to me, Lowry is a good player, but you mentioned the point: his years, his how the years you're buying out with that five-year deal. He's breaking down. You clearly see it. I mean, he's playing at a high level, which is which is good, but you know, it, it leaves something to be something to be desired a little bit.
0: So, all right, I hear what you're saying, um, but but this is why I bring up trades because what if a team like this, this Toronto team, retools, r- changes their dynamic, and they're able to acquire a point guard like a Ricky Rubio. Where that's not your focal point anymore, but you've retooled your team in a way where you don't need that to be your focal point. Then what happens? Are you really that much better off signing... Kyle Lowry for the next five years As opposed to trading in And investing in A future with Ricky Rubio
1: No I mean now you're Looking at yourselves like the Timberwolves Of the East And uh, Timberwolves in the East granted Is a fourth seed in the East
0: I mean but this current Timberwolves team at. is that's what you want To be they, they just need the They just need leadership
1: And who's that leader On the Raptors right now
0: well, you got... Don't say
1: DeRozan. Don't say DeRozan. <laughs> Don't say DeRozan.
0: Okay, well, then, who am I going to say?
1: Exactly. There is no leader on that team. When DeRozan, when DeRozan, the leader of your team, goes out and says, man, we would have won if we had LeBron, Oh yeah. that ain't the leader. Oh, well, yeah,
0: he's no, he's not the leader. I mean, Kyle Lowry has been the leader on this team.
1: So you're saying, let's get rid of the leader I and am. let's bring in I
0: other am.
1: players... So now we have no leaders.
0: Well, how much of a leader is Kyle Lowry at this point? Maybe he's now he's the
1: lead figure of an R and B group. <laughs> well,
0: well, you know, let me say it this way because I don't want to. I don't want to dump on Kyle Lowry. He is probably most likely a very good leader when it comes to the the locker room. When it comes to um, being a floor general, being an actual leader on the court. He is probably very good at that. He's probably helped DeRozan come a long way with taking on the brunt of that leadership role, and that makes sense. He's a bit older than than DeRozan, so he should be taking on that leadership role. Right. But, but where I say where where I say he hasn't been a great leader is in the production end of it. He hasn't been the guy that says, you know what. Everyone get on my back. We're winning this game. Everyone, we're going to win this series because I'm the best player in this series. They went two playoff rounds this year in the playoffs without having the best player in either round, even though they got out the first round.
1: That's their team.
0: And, the, and what I'm saying is now you have this opportunity with the offseason, with all these people becoming free agents, to re-examine your team and say this is this is our ceiling if i bring everyone back this is still our ceiling and now i have no room to improve for the future i if i was messiah jerry i would say i'm gonna roll this back yeah we've got the we've rosen com- we've committed to the rosen we believe that he can keep getting better but i don't need to commit to the, all these other guys i need to leave myself available to improve when the opportunity arises that's all i'm saying so
1: all you're saying right now keep make keep the keep your, cla- your cat your flexible make sure you have roster flexibility of to course. add the pieces to mm-hmm. put around the rotation yeah and and while i agree that that's a fair point And honestly, I remember I already agreed. I said, if it were up to me, I would not sign Lowry. If thinking like the Raptors are thinking, I can see them giving them the contract. I think there's a lot of flexibility, as you said, in getting players and building your team. Granted, are you gonna build your team around DeRozan? It's a piece. You can definitely build your team more. I mean, are they more than likely – are they more likely to try to get Lowry or Ibaka, who's a better fit on that team? Hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's a question. Um, if – there's possibilities out there. But my point still set – is still at the point where you go and you strip all these players away and you go and say, we're going to rebuild mm-hmm. – you go and you take players and you put players back on a team. See, what, what made Toronto so interesting is that they were a team who year after year added, made little changes. They weren't making those drastic changes where three out of the five players in a starting lineup were different from the previous year. Right. They were making these subtle changes and each one of those changes were just right, mm-hmm. and when, even at the trading deadline when they got a Baca and when they got Tucker, we all said to ourselves like, "This is exactly what they needed to do," and it was. This is, and, and it, was. it was, except it didn't show on the floor. You know, it, it didn't translate in the playoffs.
0: Well, so, I, I will say this about that: the moves Masai Ujiri made. By bringing in Ibaka, by bringing in P.J. Tucker, they were the right moves. And when you look at what happened to them in this playoffs, they didn't struggle because of the moves that were made on the margins. They didn't struggle because Ibaka or P.J. Tucker just didn't perform. That's not what happened. They did the job they were supposed to do. They brought that defensive, physical toughness to this team. The areas where this team failed was at the star level repeatedly Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, they were not living up to their status. They were not rising to the occasion. It doesn't matter how many smart role player signings I make if my stars just crap the bed when it when it's showtime. So you need
1: new stars.
0: Yes, but part of the problem is You've already committed to one star. DeRozan is locked in. So you can either compound that mistake by locking in Kyle Lowry as well, or you can now say to yourself, I'm at a point where I have to admit my mistake and I have to move in a different direction. That's my point.
1: You're going to alienate a fan base with that but if it's for the sake of building and if you have a clear plan in place not this trust the process kind of tanking kind of process but a clear right concise plan where you're like okay here's what we're going to try to do not where you're looking a couple weeks within free agents within free agency and you look back and you haven't made any free agent signings and then you're signing a margin player to a contract that he cannot live up to, so like a, a Carol kind of contract. If you can get yourself a team, and you still need you still need a star player, if you can do that and convince someone to come to Toronto, then by all means. Um, but. Toronto has a task ahead of them. This is going to be a very pivotal offseason for Toronto. And I'm curious to see what they're going to be able to do in putting all these pieces together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And 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 I don't want to see them take a step back. Because they're a very exciting team. They're a team who it, it just seems like... I mean, granted, you know, you're going against LeBron. It's It's not easy but it just seems like when they go into a game their odds of winning you know you you, tips in their favor and that's kind of what you're expecting Mm -hmm. so i don't want to see them blow it up and then struggle for a couple of years i mean that's not what i want to see from the east right now i mean literally two through eight is pretty much open so i don't want them to lose any footing in that department
0: yeah i mean there's some options i mean Look, a lot can happen. We don't know how the finals is going to shake out. Um, a big name that's going to be a free agent this year is Steph Curry. Now, people have talked about Charlotte. People said there's no way he leaves Golden State. But hey, you know, his dad did used to play for the Raptors too. And maybe he has some fond memories of Toronto. And maybe he would like to play on that team. If you were able to do that, that's an upgrade. That's a real upgrade. I'm just throwing that out in the wind, but I'm. What I'm saying is, I don't think it's that crazy to think it could happen. No comment. That means slave thinks it's crazy. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm, sit here and drink my tea. Hey, I'm. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. We'll see what happens. Now, if Warriors win, obviously, there's no reason for Steph to leave. But if they lose, I don't think it'll be crazy if Steph leaves. The only reason I say that is because this guy, two-time MVP, won a final. He ha- he's a champion best record in the league was united was unanimous mvp with the best record in the league and as soon as kevin durant came to that team everyone basically was like bow down Curry. now there's a real star on your team and if i'm him i disagree with that and i think he should disagree with that he's already he's already on the bargain bin contract of the century in Golden State because of his early ankle injuries and the contract he had to sign because of that. He's going to he's going to get paid. He's going he he's going to he should demand to get paid. He should expect to get paid. And maybe he's going to want to go somewhere where it's his team again. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. I have a hard time seeing him leaving Golden State um we'll see i can see k i can say i can see kd leaving before he does
0: mm, i don't know because i know what you're saying
1: i know i know exactly what you're saying yeah. i I, if I can see him in charlotte saying go back home my father played for charlotte
0: we'll see people saying charlotte uh, but charlotte like stinks walker. charlotte right. stinks and, so, and you're gonna so and he's gonna, gonna cool. want to play yeah. and share the ball with kemba walker
1: so that's what I'm saying. Why? Why start over? You're, you're making a name for yourself. Your your brand is in Golden State. You're they're building a new stadium. You, I, I don't see you going anywhere. He's he's not leaving. He's staying in Golden State. He's gonna.
0: I agree if they win.
1: I agree
0: if they win. if they win, I agree. If they lose, I think it opens up. All of the possibilities. And I don't think anyone should be surprised by that, to be honest. Because that would be the second year in a row that he lost to LeBron. What was supposed to be a super team. And it's going to be a team also where he's not even viewed as the best player anymore. And if I'm him, I would feel slighted by that. Because I'm looking at it like, hold on. I'm the back-to-back MVP. I'm the only player to win this award unanimously. I am the best player on this team. And maybe he would want to go somewhere else, get his money, and prove that.
1: Well, um, A, he is not the best player on the team.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, he's, a
1: good, he's, a, he's a great player. We he's, say
0: that, like it's, and it's funny, but let's also remember this team looks the best when he is playing as the best player on this team
1: it does because he has the ultimate green light he can shoot from anywhere he's the best shooter in the league i mean kd is good but you know if if i were a betting man i say kd in the in the finals you know <laughs> he, he gonna screw up again like he did let before kd you no. Know? Yeah, I don't
0: think. Well, this—that's even more reason why this should be Steph Curry's team, no?
1: Yeah, you know, and even with—even with Curry, Curry, he also he lobbied for KD to come.
0: He did. I also do wonder if that was more, he didn't want to be the odd man out at that point. <laughs>
1: You know what I picture? I picture him kind of in the corner while they were talking to him with the sales pitch, and they all looked at him and said, hey, you know, what are you thinking? He was like, yeah, that's cool.
0: Right. And, like, <laughs> I don't think he was the one that pitched that. You know what I mean? Nah. I feel like, like maybe the- more like Jerry West and the organization wanted it, and like maybe guys like Draymond were, way, were really into it, you know? And he just didn't want to be the, the the squeaky wheel, so to speak.
1: See, the way I look at it, I look at it that I would feel more upset at my team. The fact that they went and reached out to KD, talking about Iguodala and mm-hmm. Draymond. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at our team and saying, you know, our team is straight. Right. You know, um, we won the year before. Yeah, we lost. You know, we came back 3-1 against OKC. Yeah, we lost after being up 3-1. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But at the same time, it's like, look, our team is straight. We have more experience. No one's going to stop us. We got Everyone's trying to be us. And then here they go trying to bring KD. So to me, the way that feels is that my teammates don't have confidence in me as their star player, as their leader. Mm. And, and I even feel like I haven't seen too much of Curry and what he has to say as of late. It's, it's a lot more KD and, and Draymond. They're right. like the vocal leaders of the team right now, whereas Curry is like this understated superstar of the team. So right. does he look at it and say, you know what, nah, I need to go somewhere and be my own person. You know, I see what Westbrook is doing over there at OKC, you know, and proving that he doesn't need, he could be his own person, stay on his own. I don't think, I think the best situation for him is to stay where he is. I honestly think that. I don't know where else he would go.
0: I mean, logistically, I you say, yes, you're right. That's the best place. I mean, he he's made that team what it is. I mean, yes, it's a collective effort. They've done a great job drafting. They've done a great job finding the right coaches. They've done top-down, you know, from Lakeham all the way down. They've done a lot of smart things. But this team doesn't hit the level it hits unless Curry takes his game to the level that he did. And like you said, his teammates, they jumped to getting KD. You know, they wanted him, they, they felt like they desperately needed him, and like you said, Curry's been very quiet, and I think that's very smart on his part, I think that's what he needs to do, I think he needs to lay low, because you know what, Durant's saying a lot of wild stuff anyway, Draymond Green's saying a lot of wild stuff anyway, a lot of stuff Durant and Draymond are saying right now, These are those are all things that are going to bite them in the butt if they lose to the Cavs.
1: Do you notice those are the same kind of things that KD and Westbrook used to say? Mm Mm-hmm. And now Draymond is just taking that role of team clown.
0: Yeah, Draymond is KD's new Russ. That's his new pit bull, basically.
1: So, so So let's play this game. Let's play this game a little bit. Where could you possibly see Curry? Well,
0: I... I'm honest when I say Toronto. And here's why I say is I'm honest about that. This team was top top two, top three, top four team in the East last three, four years, right? Right. This team has at points competed for number one seed in the East. And that's with that's with the, you know, flawed stars of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. You you make the elevator pitch to Steph Curry and he comes and signs. Is that not is that Toronto team not instantly better swapping Curry in for Lowry?
1: They are instantly. They
0: are. They're at least the second best team in the East with a player who can light it up and maybe get make you. On a level where you can go six, seven, maybe games, maybe even beat the Cavs in the East. So that's number one. That's number one. And I know the you know, the Kyrie Curry battle, it's a good battle. But let's also remember, too, like Curry wasn't 100% healthy last year in the finals. He was healthy enough to play, and they should have still won that final series. But he wasn't 100% either. He came back in a week or two from that knee injury, which was the same injury KD missed a month for this year. So he wasn't 100%. I think that play where Kevin Love was able to stay in front of him showed that he wasn't 100%, to be honest. So you, you get this guy bring him from Golden State to Toronto, Toronto's automatically a better team than when they had Kyle Lowry. So that's one option. If he's, It depends how he really feels, you know? Because anywhere he goes, he's going to make way more money than he's making now. That's the bottom line. Golden State can keep him with the five-year max, and he, he hits all those all-team NBA checks. So I think they can pay him a lot more. But... When you look at that Golden State team and you look at all the people that are going to be coming up for pay, for, for new contracts in the coming years. Don't you feel like they're going to maybe want Steph to take a, a little bit of a discount?
1: Well, of course.
0: So that kind of negates the whole he's going to make way more money in Golden State thing, in my opinion. Then you have... The, then you have the ideas of where maybe his his well, I guess market doesn't matter anymore because I don't think market matters too much in 2017, but when you look at teams that have potential for him to join, you look at a team like Milwaukee. Imagine if you went to Milwaukee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think they're probably the best team in the east if he goes to Milwaukee you put Steph Curry with Giannis Middleton, Thawmaker, Maker, Greg Monroe, Brogdon, Tony Snell. You give even even with him at point guard, you're not small because he's 6-4. So you got a whole team of everyone like no shorter than 6-4, and now you got a guy that can light it up for 40 whenever he wants playing with Giannis onto the Kumpo.
1: Right. I can see that.
0: If he, really, if he really didn't care about market, he could go to Milwaukee and they'll be the best team in the East.
1: So, in, your, in all your scenarios so far, you're saying for him to go to the East?
0: Well, the reason I say the East is because I look at a lot of the teams in the West and I don't know where he would go. And it makes more sense for him in the West to go and be better than the Warriors. Like if he went to the Rockets,
1: San, San Antonio.
0: San Antonio. Well, yeah, San Antonio. That's the that's the easy one, and he would fit in really well in San Antonio. So yeah, they would probably be the better team if he went to San Antonio. And
1: you know, and I and I feel like they would make a pitch for him. They should. I don't know where they're gonna get the money from, but.
0: Just wave, just wave Tony Parker's uh, <laughs> rotting corpse.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: but no, but I mean, they we didn't. They made money. They made the money appear for Lamarcus Aldridge. They might be able to do it again.
1: Oh yeah, they could probably make it. I mean, they're gonna have Manu off the Manu's gonna be off the payroll.
0: Yeah, the cap's going up again.
1: Cap's going up.
0: I mean, they're a legitimate option for Chris Paul. I know I heard a bunch of people saying, perhaps Chris Paul goes to the Spurs, but so yeah. if, if if the money's there for Chris Paul, it should be there for Stephen Curry.
1: Yeah, and then you have Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol, he has a player option. I'm pretty sure he's gonna exercise it. I don't see him going anywhere.
0: I mean, yeah, especially um, if they get Steph.
1: Yeah, but. Maybe they can make it. The water is very, you know, horrible for him, and then he might decide, you know what, let me get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so he leaves, and then you got that sixteen, seventeen million dollars off the, off the payroll. You now opening up a spot. For Curry. Right. It could happen. Me, him, and Kawhi. Ooh. And LaMarcus Aldridge. That's their big three.
0: The other crazy thing to think about if he did leave Golden State is that immediately makes Golden State so much more worse. They're beatable. Yeah, they're way more beatable. Just for the simple fact of they have no real viable point guard if Steph leaves. They'll be scrambling for, for like scraps at point guard if he leaves.
1: Yeah, they gotta try to rely on Livingston, or maybe that's where they get the Kyle Lowry because he said he did want to
0: go west. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see how that went full circle? Yeah.
0: Okay, oh, <laughs> but th- that's good. That's good. We went off track, but let's get back to it. So, <laughs> where? So we? So we're saying Toronto shouldn't keep Kyle Lowry. So then, but let's let's flip it because you said you think Kyle Lowry is not. He doesn't want to stay in Toronto. He's talked about maybe going out west. So, where do you see Kyle Lowry going? I mean, who got West? Because I don't think the Spurs would target him, to be honest.
1: He's not, he's not a Spurs type of player.
0: I heard New Orleans. But is, is he that much more of an improvement from Drew Holiday, in all honesty?
1: No. No. Um, they're the same type of player They both come with Injuries mm-hmm. Yeah, They're the same type of player I don't think that's much of an upgrade Really
0: I mean he's better Kyle Lowry's better than Drew Holiday But I don't think he's better That, he's, that you just switched those two players And now New Orleans is a playoff team now You know what I mean right. he, He's not that much better Than Drew Holiday So but that's they're an option. Um so you have Dallas. Dallas. Hmm I'm wondering because they also got Seth Curry and um what's the guy's name that Yogi Farrell, is that his name? Yeah. I don't know if maybe they, they believe in those guys as you know, as a, as a young point guard duo that can maybe do do what they need them to do And maybe they want to spend that money somewhere else Not sure But he's an option But you know uh, The problem is you're, you're signing again You're signing this guy up to his 35 Age 35 season
1: So now you're already You're already paying the pitcher He's already talking about going west There aren't many teams Out west that don't have A point guard or some place he might want to sign. Like I don't see him wanting to sign with Denver, or I don't see him want to sign with Sacramento.
0: He should want to sign so, with Denver,
1: but I, I don't see him going there. I
0: mean, if he went to Denver, they're they're a playoff team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So right now his his choices are limited. So he's looking back in the East. Which teams you're looking at? You know, could you go to Indiana? You know, team up with Paul George.
0: But how long are you teaming up for Paul George, right? That's the thing. One season. (laughs) If that.
1: One whole season.
0: If that. So. Go to New York. He could go to New York. I mean, he's a perfect. That's a perfect Knicks signing. Because, you know, you sign him. You make a big deal. You act like he's a superstar when he's not. That's the Knicks M.O. He has an injury history. That's the Knicks' mo. So he ends up having like maybe a good half a season. Gets hurt. Is never the player he was supposed to be the whole time. It's a perfect Knicks signing.
1: It's a perfect Knicks signing. Sign him. Trade Mello for pennies on a dollar. Gets nothing back and get like a bunch of second round picks.
0: No, but if you and, if you sign Lowry, you gotta keep Mello. What's the point of signing signing Lowry if you're gonna trade Mello?
1: But now you sign. Lowry, does that make Melo happy? Does he say, okay, wow, this is a direct upgrade from Derrick Rose?
0: Melo is chill. Like, Melo's chilling. Like, he doesn't care if the Knicks are good or not.
1: He's That's o- right. He's, he's good. He, he, doesn't, he's he, o- he doesn't need to worry about his rings anymore. He's he o- has Olympic medals.
0: He's only going to get traded if Phil Jackson does, like, the most something next level at this point. That's like the only thing that can happen because, or he sends him somewhere like L.A. where he wants to, which would be uh, another place he would like to go. Because at this point. What what team in L.A.? The Clippers. Okay. And then you, because then he'll play, then he'll be with Chris Paul, which I think he would like to do. I think he would like to play with Chris Paul. Lowry
1: and Chris Paul? Or, or I'm talking about Mello. Up.
0: I'm talking about Mello. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that.
0: Because at this and then at this point, unless he does that, Mello's staying because he knows he's in the driver's seat and he knows that the more the front office does, the better he keeps coming out. Mello's looking like the guy, the good guy now. He's a sympathetic figure now, with all the stuff Phil Jackson's been you doing. What?
1: I mean, do you
0: want people to feel sorry for you? Not, no, not sorry, but like you you're the you're the hero basically in this story. You're you know, you're the guy dealing with the evil tyrant basically. And no. and, and it's not so yeah. much that people feel sorry for you, but they the every day he stays in New York and collects his check and gets his adoration from the fans, that's a win. That's a win in his book. Maybe it's not the win people want to hear. Maybe they want to, because you know they want to hear him talking about rings and stuff. But Melo was Melo, for better or worse. Melo is Melo. He didn't create this. He didn't create this situation the Knicks are in. He didn't. Whether you like his game or not, he did not create this situation. He didn't tell. No, he didn't create it. He didn't tell the team who to sign, who to trade. He didn't tell them any of that. And you can't keep pointing to the trade that brought him here from Denver because that was like five, six years ago. You you could have you could have recovered from that already. That's one. No, that's and true. and two, the years right after that trade, they were in the playoffs. Right. So they have they stopped making the playoffs when Phil came in. They made bad trades. They made they made they, bad deals. They made I mean, bad they deals. Did. They made bad trades. They did all that. And he didn't do any of that. So, you know, if Phil wants to say, if Phil wants to keep pointing the finger at Melo and that's the reason why they can't move forward, the evidence does not prove that to be true. The only thing the evidence says is that since Phil Jackson has come in, they have not been a winning team. And it's way more on the shoulders of a president or GM of of that team for the wins and losses of, of that team, than it is one player in particular. So Right. I agree. So he, he's good right now because you can either make good moves and build a winning team, which he'll be a part of, because he's still a guy that can give you 20 to 25 points a night, and he's still going to be a guy that can contribute – positively to the playoff team so you either build the right team and watch him help you make it to the playoffs or you build another team that stinks and you keep pointing the finger to him and he's just gonna sit there like I didn't make this mess I'm collecting my checks I'm gonna play I'm in the city that I wanted to play in I'm playing for the fans that I wanted to play for and Anything else Phil Jackson does, he's gonna keep he's gonna border on getting fined by the M the the players association or worse. I mean if he keeps going this route, I honestly feel like they're gonna be able to have a motion to have him removed from his from his office or something. The way he keeps tampering with Melo.
1: Yeah. You can see that he's trying to do something and mess with him. He's he's getting kind of see now, you ask me. Um,
0: and I think Melo sees that. And Melo knows that if he keeps going the route that he's going, he's going to be out the door way before Melo is.
1: But at the same time, Dolan went in and, ex- and agreed to his option.
0: He which did. It was
1: very disappointing.
0: It was. I didn't,
1: I didn't see that happening.
0: I did because Dolan has blind faith in Phil Jackson. He moved heaven and earth to get Phil Jackson to come and work with the Knicks organization. And I don't know if you remember that interview when he was on, I think it was the Michael K. show, where he basically said, you know, I, I leave everything basketball-related to Phil Jackson. I have a contract with him, and I'm honoring that contract. I'm not going to break that contract. It's Phil's show. Like So basically, if you read between the tea leaves, Dolan's like, Look, y'all, all of you Nick fans complained I was messing the team up. I'm not touching the team anymore. I gave you Phil Jackson. He's gonna do whatever he does, and if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. That's basically what I read from from that from that interview.
1: That's what he's doing, because because if you think about Dolan and the Rangers, he doesn't touch the hockey team. Right. He has his GM in place. They do what they do. You know, he'll come to the games. He doesn't mess with that. And so I guess he tried to create the same atmosphere yeah. with the Knicks. But what's killing the Except- Knicks
0: fans is they wish he would have did that with, like, the GM before or two GMs before when he didn't. Like when, um what was his name? Donnie Walsh was there. He didn't just let Donnie Walsh have autonomy. He forced the mellow trade. So, you know, Nick fans wish that he would have did that back when Donnie Walsh was in charge. But you're doing it now with Phil because Phil has the name. He has the cachet. He did the same thing with Isaiah Thomas. He let Isaiah Thomas have free reign in that front office. So
1: That's why I would have liked to see Allen Houston as a GM or as the president. I mean, it almost seemed like Allen Houston was going in that route. And I would like to see, like, a a player who has a vested interest in the team, a player himself at one point. And right now you have Phil Jackson, whose ego is pretty much what's um, leading the team. And it's clear when you see the decisions he's making and the fact that he's not making himself available to the media, the fact that it seems like every moment he gets, an article comes out bash and mellow after a while that has to get annoying um you don't want to play for such a i wouldn't want to work for such a a a boss so why would you want to play for such a person as well and honestly if i was if i were dolan i would look at it and say all right you know phil jackson peace out let me go and do all i have to do to get my team looking good because honestly, the way the, the East was looking, I don't I think that the the Knicks could have been a playoff team.
0: It they wasn't out
1: of the realm. Mm-mm. It was just so much stuff happening that yeah. that was just messing them up. Now granted, I'm not saying a playoff team like, you know, fifth seed, fourth seed, nothing like that. I'm talking maybe, you know, squeaking in an eighth seed mm-hmm. and if anything. From the outside and then in the ninth spot. But yeah, they looked horrible, but it was just the fans doing mellow, you know, him not playing, constant questions about whether or not he's gonna be traded or not. Oh, what do you say about this? And after and trying to force the triangle, we're gonna have a so quote unquote defensive coordinator to invoke the defense and have him work on the triangle and Kurt Rambis is on the bench. It's it's very it's a very frustrating franchise, but I would say that I say all that to say this would have been the opportunity for Melo to have played with Chris Paul.
0: Well, um, he still can. The
1: Knicks did the right thing. If the he still can, but Chris Paul is well. Chris Paul is not going to New York.
0: No, but uh, no, no, no. but Melo could but, go to L. A.
1: He could go to LA granted with what pieces what what exactly you, what what exactly are yeah. If you're in New York what are you getting Well,
0: we've already gone the, way off it, the agenda with this Knicks conversation, but I will say this. I will say this. There there is a world where Blake Griffin doesn't exercise his option and then you have a trade surrounding Blake Griffin and and Melo but that would require Blake Griffin believing in himself and believing that he won't get injured so that he can re-establish himself as a top 15 top 10 player who deserves a five-year match which the Knicks could then give him I believe if he opts in and gets traded there before the season
1: He's going to opt out.
0: He is because he can't stay healthy. So he has to cash in. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So um so then yeah, I don't I don't know if the Knicks and Clippers still have a trade in that scenario unless but then at the same time if Melo's like, "Yeah, send me to LA," and Phil just wants him gone, they'll probably do a pennies on the dollar trade just to just to send him there. So, and then and then you have you know, maybe some some future picks and Luka Mbamute or something like that. Well, not even Luka Mbamute cuz they have to he's a free agent this summer. So, but they'll probably have to do something with picks and whoever can help match the salary, like Wes Johnson, guys like that. And Phil might do it just to get rid of Melo. So there is still that possibility, too, even if Blake is not, is not an option. True, true. I mean, the other thing is, too, Blake could tell Clippers, give me my five-year, and then and then you can trade me. They could do that, too.
1: That's
0: true. So, you know, they give him the give him his five year. Then later in July or August, whenever it is, well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if they can do that. But maybe they can, or if they do it like like a sign and trade, like they sign him and then trade him for Melo in the same transaction. So, they could do something like that. It doesn't happen much anymore. The sign and trade, but it's still a it's still a mechanism that could happen. So, then the next we get Blake, Melo goes to the Clippers. Either way, I th- I think both I think there is a a world where that trade still happens with or without Blake. Just because I know Phil is dying to get rid of Melo, and if Melo is able to go to play for the Clippers with Chris Paul, I think he'll do that. So that's still a potential. Um, but we gotta we gotta keep moving because we haven't even talked about the Utah Jazz yet. And we do need to talk about the Utah Jazz because they have one big free agent this summer. And that's Gordon Hayward. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Gordon Hayward, about potential locations, namely Boston, reconnecting with Brad Stevens. I wanted to ask you, do you think Gordon Hayward stays in Utah or does he go to another team like Boston and... What are your overall thoughts on Gordon Hayward?
1: I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Prior to this season, I didn't give it much thought about Gordon Hayward. I I knew he was a good player, and I knew he had skill, and I thought he was just another free agent. Um, But after this season, I have a whole new respect for Gordon Hayward. Mm. And with that said, I think that at this point, he's not going to stay in Utah. I think he will go to the Celtics. I think it'll be a nice place for him. Um, he has a relationship with Stevens and it'll ultimately be a good a good mix. I know this is a, an opportunity for Stevens to kind of make the team his own. I know coming going into next season they have acquired a few free agents on Boston. So to lock up a player who they can have Long term, I know Boston's going to try to reach out to him. So uh, I could definitely see Gordon Hayward um, on Boston, and in my mind, I would love to see him stay in Utah. Um, Utah is definitely a a good team. There, they played there in the playoffs very well. They even played against Golden State well. I mean, granted the the final score didn't reflect that, but they played tough. They play good defense they hit their shots it's just that golden state was too much for them Mm -hmm. in the end though i still see hayward going to the, the celtics i think that ultimately will be the best spot for him right now
0: interesting okay um i agree gordon hayward phenomenal season this year I think there's still room for him to be even better. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. I think he can still hit another level. Um, I, I, however, think he's going to stay in Utah. Why? I think that in Utah, he has the perfect scenario. I think he has a team where, first of all, they can, they can pay him a bit more. That's one. And two... They're a team on the rise. You know, this team, second round in the Western Conference, that's not not an easy feat. They were a top four team, top five team in the West, despite all the injuries they had this year. Favors, even he was out. George Hill was out. You know, Gorbert ended up getting hurt in the playoffs. No matter what, they still persevered. And yeah, I know he has a lot of connections with Brad Stevens and that you know Brad Stevens is a great coach, but Quinn Snyder is a really good coach too. It's not like he is dying to end that relationship either. And in Utah, he also has a scenario where they can go as far as he can take them. That's very enticing for a player because he has the keys. You know, they they're looking at him. Not just to be uh, one of two or three options, but really in Utah, their hopes is that he's a superstar, like he's a top ten player, and he's gonna take them to the next level. and And that's, and I think that's what a player of his caliber looks for. They look to be the guy. They look to have it rest on their shoulders. And as far as their team goes, is is as far as they go as as a player. And, and it's not like this team is, has nothing else around him. They're very young. I mean, they're not super young, but they have a lot of people. They have a lot of players that are growing at the same time he's growing. You got Gobert. You got Favors. You have um, Rodney Hood. You got Trey Lyles. And then you also got guys like Exum and, and Nito. There's a lot of young talent. They've got a great coach. They have smart veterans on that team, too. And this is a team that I can see improving next year. I can see them being even better next year. Um, You know, once uh, with with health and also now with guys like Hayward and Gobert and and Favors getting that playoff experience and knowing what they need to do to get to the next level. I'm not, I don't want to say this per se, but I actually, in some ways, I think. Utah is a better team than Boston and is a better situation for him than Boston?
1: You have a point that Utah is a better situation. It is, in, in my opinion. I think it's a better situation. Um, talking about a better situation right now, I still am curious to see what else Boston does and if they're able to sell... Gordon Hayward on their prospects as to what they're trying to do to the team. Right now, what Utah has on their team is much better. They're a good team. They're a young team. They're a hungry team. Mm -hmm. And they're only going to get better, especially with that young core. Um, What you're getting with Boston, you kind of see what you're getting. You're also getting a a weaker Eastern Conference and you getting to play with your coach that you are accustomed to. So right. it, it it's a tough decision for him. Right. Uh, I really ultimately think it's just those two teams. I don't I don't see another I know other teams will try. I can I can see the Clippers trying and you know there's probably some nah. other teams out there. Even maybe San, San Antonio may try. I don't know they may try. I don't
0: know. Yeah I don't try. I don't see him being pulled there. I, I agree. It's either Utah or Boston And I know his personal relationship with Stevens goes way beyond any other relationship he has in the NBA. Um, You know, Stevens recruited him out of high school and all that. But on a strictly professional basis, he's been coached by Quinn Snyder longer than he has actually been coached by Brad Stevens. So.
1: Doesn't matter. My it, opinion, might if you want to,
0: it might if, matter It
1: might matter If you have a relationship with someone Out beyond the court That relationship, those ties Can go beyond X's and O's
0: Right, but The other thing too is Yeah, he has that, that tie with Stevens But Stevens can't promise him What he has in Utah If he comes to Boston He's at best a number two player because this is Isaiah's show. He runs that offense. And you know, depending and the way they play, he might even be third behind Horford the way Horford runs the offense from the top of the key kind of like Draymond does in Golden State. So in Boston, like basically you're trying to sell him on the fact that he can basically be a rich man's version of Jay Crowder in that lineup. Whereas in Utah, he's the man. He's the he's the star. And he's all and he's the type of player which I think if you give him the ball even more, he can do more things. Like I don't think we've seen all he can do as a playmaker yet. Or as a scorer.
1: No, I think there's more he can do. Um
0: But is he gonna be able to do that in Boston? And is that something he's willing to forego just to play with his old coach
1: it all depends on the vision that Boston's able to give him
0: it is yeah it's true
1: and it it can't be here's a team we have right now we put you on it and all of a sudden we're better because in that instance I don't think that's true if you bring in Gordon Hayward there's going to have to be some moves made and Mm -hmm. that is also going to have to include Crowder That's gonna. You have a very small backcourt. You do have an opening in in your front court as well. So there's still some questions in Boston that needs to be answered, and how they address it will go a long way. Now you go back and you look at um, Utah, and you say, okay, we we have some young guards there. We have favors and Gobert and. It's a good team. It's a good nucleus. It's a good team that you're looking and saying, man, who else can we add to this team to make it better? We have a veteran presence as well. But if Boston's able to sell him, is able to sell a vision, and granted, it's a vision that we want to know, too, because the way Boston's constructed right now, I have questions. Right. You know, so maybe they're able to sell him and say, look, here's what we're trying to do you know, we're going to have you here, whether or not they say, okay, we're going to keep Thomas here and we're going to offer it and a uh, player to be named. If that's their plan, then so be it. But whatever it is, you know, he's going to demand a max contract mm-hmm. and rightly so he's going to get it. Um, yeah. I can see him. In, I, I honestly still could see him in Boston. I, I, I really, really can. And I don't want to see that honestly i'd rather stay in, i'd like to see teams like that stay together yeah uh, to me that's the problem with the nba right now anyway with these players bouncing from team to team you kind of lose the team chemistry so if he can stay on that team where they can get another year of experience with one another yeah i'm all for that
0: yeah i agree uh i think we're on the same page on that um next year i think the teams i'm looking at the most looking forward to seeing the most and see how see how they improve would be Utah in the west and uh and Milwaukee in the east. I think those are like the two teams to like the young guns to watch out for that they're on the come up.
1: Yep. I so, agree. And and in the west I want to add Denver as well.
0: Yeah, Denver, but Denver Denver needs a point guard. I don't think it's going to work with Moodie and they they can't rely on Jameer Nelson long term so we have to see what kind of kind of moves they can make to get themselves a point guard but if they're able to do that I think I mean there's only eight spots you know so it's gonna be tough Uh, I mean we'll have to see what the Clippers look like Um, you know I don't know if they're gonna be you know a top five team in the West anymore after this summer so you know, Portland's not going away. They're looking to get better. There's only going to be one or two spots, and we're talking about Denver could be a playoff team, but <laughs> I don't know where they're going to fit in. Pelican's also going to be looking for that spot. Oh, so, man. yeah. The
1: West is stacked, man. If everyone plays up to their potential, it's going to be a tough six, seven, eight, a race to the 6-7-8 seed.
0: Oh, It is, and it's, it's like that every year. I, I know this year the A seed wasn't that impressive because Portland was only 500 team, but they underperformed, you know. They underperformed, and when you looked at their record, basically from, like, January on, they were, like, one of the better teams in the league. So you were also looking at a team like, yeah, they were 500, but over the last three months, they played like one of the better teams in the league. So... Right. This it's gonna be interesting, but there's a lot to there's a lot to look out for. Um I I hope to see Hayward stay in Utah. Um, Lowry I think Denver is the best spot for him if but you know, maybe maybe they bring the band the band back together in Toronto. Um but we've got a couple other teams that are still in the playoffs, although it looks like Houston's out as of tonight. It's still a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter. Um, so I don't know if there's much to talk about with the Spurs and Rockets now. It's game six. Spurs are up big, even without Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, it's it's a disappointing – if it holds up, this is a disappointing way for the Rockets' season to end.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I, I honestly thought with Kawhi not playing – um, I thought it'd be a much closer game, and I thought Harden was gonna sh- was going to have an amazing game. I was even thinking like at least forty points <laughs> in this game because right. you saw the the breakdown of when Ka- Kawhi was defending him versus not.
0: Oh, it was night and day. Yeah. Li- like so, literally like night and day, man.
1: man. So I thought Harden was not going to have any issue scoring on San Antonio, but somehow they're so far they're able to contain him. And now you got a twenty-four, twenty-five point lead in the fourth quarter. I mean,
0: are we doing something? Right. Are we at a point where we have to talk about James Harden? James Harden's lack of stepping up in the big moments.
1: Oh uh, yeah, uh, I, I think so.
0: I think so too. I mean. You can start you can start it off by going all the way back to that OKC Miami NBA finals. Yep. Where he was just literally deer in the headlights the whole series. It was awful. And you can even go back to two years ago where the team actually came back, like the the Rockets came back from a three one deficit against the Clippers. But the game that sparked that comeback, James Harden was on the bench. He didn't spark that team to come back. He he was done. Had, had his towel over his head. He thought the game was over. And it took guys like Josh Smith, of all people, to, to bring that game back for them. And then they ended up closing out that series. And here we have him again. He hasn't had a great series. He didn't look that impressive against OKC either. He had a few big games, but... There was also some games where you were kind of wondering why he's not doing more, and he's just kind of lived. Even in the playoffs, he just kind of lived, hoping for the free throw line. It seems like every game. Yeah,
1: that's mm-hmm. that's why I can't stand here watching his game. His game to me is a you know drive to the basket or go for a three and land awkwardly as he's trying to draw a foul. To me, that's not skill. You know, that's, that's acting. I mean, yeah. You want to talk about drama classes, yeah.
0: I tell you what, but if he if he wins the MVP, that's going to be an awkward. That's going to be an awkward award show. Because he didn't step up in the playoffs. And I know people might say it would even be more awkward if Westbrook wins cuz he got he exited the first round. But he still played in the that first round the, the way he played all season long. You know? Right.
1: It, it wasn't his fault.
0: It wasn't his fault. I he, mean...
1: He did, he, he did his part. He,
0: he played great. There was one game where, you know, I, he could have played better in the fourth quarter. He kind of didn't. He kind of just, like, went and bl- had his head in the blinders and didn't find his teammates. But overall, like, he was putting up triple-double. Same, same thing he was doing in the regular season, he was doing in the playoffs. And... We can't say the same about Harden. Uh, He's had a tough series for the most part against San Antonio. Like you said, whenever Kawhi is on him, he's literally did nothing. And and that was why I favored the Spurs in this series because the fact is it's a almost tailor-made matchup to put Kawhi on James Harden. And Kawhi Leonard is going to win that matchup when that happens. Right. So you know you have that. Plus you have the the matchup of Popovich and D'Antoni, and once again Popovich gets the better of him. Every every time we're like, nope, this is D'Antoni's time. This is when he's gonna get over that hump, and Popovich is like, no, not this year. I got I got something new this year you didn't expect, and he gets over on him. So. And maybe that's not fair to D'Antoni because Popovich coaches pretty much everybody. But D'Antoni can't seem to beat him in his playoff series, and other coaches have. So there's something specific to that matchup where Popovich keeps getting the better of him.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, we're going to get the matchup we want to see inside, see in the Western Conference Finals. Spurs Warriors. was a series we wanted to see last year. Right. Now, and so, I
0: wanted to ask you this. With Warriors and Cavs both being 8-0 and at this point, are we doing all this hand-wringing about Spurs, Rockets, Celtics, Wizards, which we didn't even talk about? Are we doing all this hand-wringing about this series just to see who's going to be a sacrificial lamb for these teams before they get to the finals?
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think at this point, is it... Hey, I'm not. Hey. Well, I I agree with you
0: in the East. I agree with you in the East. Now, I had a lot of faith in the Wizards, but the wizard Wes- the Wizards are just not deep at all. Their their bench is just not gonna cut it, and the way they're struggling with the Celtics and the way they're being exposed when it comes to their bench, Cleveland's gonna be able to do the same thing at at a worse rate. Now what i do like about the wizards is that john wall bradley beal those guys they're not gonna back down they're not gonna be making comments like the margaret rosen was making about i'll give you a hundred dollars if you can guard lebron or if we had lebron we would have won this series they're not gonna make those comments they're gonna go into that series trying to show that they're better so i like it from that standpoint and you know Isaiah Thomas, he's not going to back down either. But we've we've already seen the Boston-Cleveland matchup in the playoffs. And it hasn't favored Boston in the past. And I don't think anything's different this year. So that's the other side of it. So I think Wizards have a bit of a better chance if they can beat Boston. But not really much. But in the West, I don't know. I think Spurs have a chance.
1: Spurs do have a chance, Uh, I'm not going to discredit them, Um, but let me ask you this, who would Cleveland rather face, Golden State or the Spurs?
0: I don't know, honestly. I don't know because I know for a fact LeBron James doesn't want to see Kawhi Leonard in another NBA Finals.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: that's was the third time. Yeah, and he he had a the hard time, time both times. <laughs> he he had a hard time both times. I mean, it took the it took the greatest shot in NBA Finals history to beat the Kawhi and the Spurs the first first time around, and then the Spurs just washed Miami the second time.
1: And they only got better.
0: Yeah, and they only got better. And this is still a team that wins sixty games a year. Even though they don't have Duncan, even though Mono's older, even though Tony Parker's out. Like look, they don't even have Kawhi Leonard in the game tonight and, and they're blowing out the Rockets in an elimination game by twenty five points. This is do or die for the Rockets. They don't have their best player and and they're and they're beating the Rockets by over twenty points.
1: Right. I honestly think I honestly think that the Cash feel they can beat anyone in the West.
0: They probably do. They probably do. Um I don't think either team is a favorable matchup for Cleveland, though. I think if the Spurs go to the finals, I think the Spurs are going to beat Cleveland, in all honesty. And if Golden State goes to the finals, they should beat Cleveland. Now, I say should instead of being 100% confident because there's, I feel like LeBron has a mental advantage over the warriors i feel like he has a mental advantage over kd and i would still i would need to see where steph curry's head is at if they have a rematch series against cleveland because lebron lebron dominated steph in the finals last year he he puffed his chest out he beat his chest he he showed he kept showing up lebron steph time and time again in that series and and stuff didn't look good and I want to I want to see if that's something he can bounce back from or not and you know Draymond's a headcase he he's going to he's going to he's not going to back down from LeBron but that's going to play into LeBron's hands anyway he's going to use his over aggressive nature against him
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that's the fear with Golden State. Golden State, they have they have to prove to me that they had that they can overcome LeBron's mental edge over them. And with San Antonio, they don't have that. LeBron doesn't have that over them. Because a lot of these guys have beaten LeBron in the finals before and they know they should have beaten they should have beaten his team the time before too. So they're gonna go in there believing they should win, and they're not. They're they they are not gonna back down. They're not gonna worry about LeBron. He has LeBron has no has no ego to carry over against us in a series against the Spurs, in my opinion. So nah. I think either way, it's not a on paper. Neither one of those teams. Are a good matchup for them. I think on paper both of those teams are superior, but I do but I do know that with Golden State, I know LeBron at least feels like he has that mental edge over them. But I know for a fact that that doesn't exist against San Antonio.
1: Yeah, I think he'd rather face Golden State. I feel that he thinks he can beat them. Yeah, like you mentioned, the mental the mental curve's not there. He's the coach right now, it's his old coach.
0: That's another thing. I, I forgot about that. Yep. Mike Brown. Well,
1: you know, yeah, so you know I could intimidate him. So yeah. I, I honestly think LeBron's like, look, I can't beat Golden State right now. Um, they're deep. They they had some depth. We had some depth. We you know, they added a shooter. Guess what? We added Corver, so we got a shooter. And you know they're like look we we'll play you we we don't we're good mm-hmm. you know, we you know we got guys on the bench who we're not even playing, you know, whether it's um Jefferson, you still got d will on the bench, I mean, they're like, we got better per se when I mean, we lost Della Dova, but you know we can still do our thing, so yeah. I think they're very confident right now." Um, San Antonio Pop Pop gets into LeBron's head Oh yeah He knows exactly what to do mm-hmm. And and LeBron knows what Pop wants to make him do Right And yet he still falls victim to it
0: Yeah I, that's the other thing um, I think they match up well in a lot of places Like Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and They're not going to have any size advantage Against the Spurs bigs And even though the Spurs bigs are not, like, defensive stalwarts, they're all great rebounders, which which negates the, the the Cavs' big men's strengths, too, because that's, like, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson's main, like, attribute when it comes to their low post presence. They're both great rebounders, but, you know, Spurs has Gasol, David Lee. You know, Aldridge is not great, but he's still good enough. And then Deadman is a good shot blocker and rebounder, so they can negate that. And then also too, do you do you think Kyrie gets up for this matchup the same way he would against Golden State when he's up against Patty Mills instead of Steph Curry? Yep. That's a thing. I think I feel like that's a real thing with Kyrie. You you have to you have to get him to rise to the to, to the occasion, so to speak.
1: I think he's going to rise because he's going to look at this and say, man, I can't, Patty Mills has nothing on me right now. And so he's going to go and he's going to show, he's going to show up. He's going to.
0: Maybe. I think he might, I think he might feel like it's not a challenge at the same time and and go back to being, you know, take plays off Kyrie Irving too. I could see that too.
1: Maybe,
0: I don't that, that that's just semantic. Like that's all, that's all like you know trying to get into the head of the players. I could be completely wrong. He he's probably just trying to maybe he maybe he's gonna go hard because he wants the finals MVP this time instead of LeBron. Who knows? You know. <laughs> but um, maybe. But I I don't know. I I think uh, I want to see. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I want to see the Spurs in the finals. I, I couldn't stand the Spurs growing up. They were just so boring. And being a Laker fan, we always competed against them. But now I'm actually like, no, I'd rather see the Spurs go to the finals over, over the Warriors.
1: Yeah, I'd rather see the Spurs go into the finals. And even though I still think it's going to be Golden State, I would love to see the Spurs against um, LeBron. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you don't agree with me, but I want the Cavs to win. I want to see LeBron get another one.
0: Well, if Golden State and Cleveland go to the finals, I'm not going to be happy with either winner, to be honest. Because it's not really going to be a big deal for me if Golden State wins because they got KD this year. They disappointed me last year because they didn't seal the deal and they blew a 3-1 lead. So to win now is just kind of whatever, so what. It's too little too late to me. And from that sense. And also, too, I don't really want to see KD get the ring after he he abandoned Westbrook in Oklahoma City. So that's the other thing. And then LeBron, I mean, even if he loses this finals, they're still going to want to call him the greatest player ever. So imagine if he wins it. I mean, it's going to be like they're going to feel like it's an undisputed fact that he's the greatest player of all time. So I really don't need to hear that. I really don't I could do without it This summer So you, you so wanna, You want to enjoy Your summer You don't oh, want yeah, to Yeah I want to enjoy that. My summer You know So how about The Spurs win How about the Spurs win How about Kawhi Gets his second Finals MVP How about You know We just have him Staring blankly Into the TV On his post game Conference How about we get Another Another uh, Rendition of LeBron Telling everyone That they still have to Go back to their lives the next day how about we get something like that instead that would be a lot more entertaining for me
1: that'll make you happier
0: yeah yeah that's my personal taste i'm not saying it's right or wrong it would just be more entertaining for me
1: i would like to see lebron win i would like to see him bring another ring to cleveland
0: Oh, let me ask and you. So, do you want to see him win because you want to see Cleveland get another another ring after they've been so champion-starved for all these decades? Is that why?
1: It's a combination, mostly for Cleveland, um, but then also for him. You know, I, I think he's a a player who's who's he's a good player. He's gotten better, and he's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of players. So, mm. you know, this was something that will help bring them to the next level.
0: Mm. Okay, I don't want to talk about Mount Rushmore. We already we're already you over an hour into this. Yeah, so we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll save that for the summer. Stay tuned, everybody. That that'll be a hotly contested <laughs> summer podcast where we use. Uh, where we pass the time waiting for the season with some with some topics like that. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about Mount Rushmore. We'll talk about greatest player of all time. We're gonna have to table that because we can't go another two hours on this podcast. But this was this was good stuff. I mean, we're almost at the conference finals now. We we already know that it's gonna be Spurs versus Golden State. In the Western Conference finals, and it could be Boston or it could be with the Washington still. We'll have to see if this series goes seven or if Boston can put it away in six. But um, yeah, we talked a lot. We talked about Lowry, we talked about Hayward. Somehow we talked about Melo and the Knicks. They snuck in there. Um, talked about a lot of good stuff. Talked about our, our finals hopes. And so. I think we're both looking for a Spurs, Cavs, finals. Um, which is interesting because at that point, it's not it's not truly a round three, but it is in a way because if Golden State plays Cleveland, it's, it's round three. It would be a three year straight battle for to see who wins. And then if Cleveland plays the Spurs, that would kind of be... Well, that would be round two for LeBron and Cleveland, but it would be like round four, round three in recent memory with LeBron versus the Spurs. And it would be round three of Kawhi versus LeBron. This is true. That's exciting. I think that's exciting. Yeah,
1: I mean, you get the same... LeBron versus the same people for the last five years in the Spurs and Golden State, why not?
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm, I really, I really want to see another Kawhi-LeBron matchup. I really love that matchup. I, I feel like Kawhi has been the one player who not only rises up to the challenge, but has even at times gotten the better of him so that's interesting you know he he's the one guy who matches up with lebron consistently and can say that he won finals mvp in a series he played against lebron that is true you know nobody else can say kd can't say that um you know when when they when miami lost to dallas There wasn't really a... Oh, no, 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 no. no. Get out of here with that. You know, I I believe Dirk won finals MVP, but Dirk wasn't really a counterpart to LeBron. They played different positions. They were not from the same generation. There was nothing really, like, to connect those two together. It would be like comparing Duncan and, and LeBron, pretty much. And... You know, Golden State. I mean, Igudala and Harrison Barnes, I guess, or Draymond, if you want to say Draymond. But Draymond can't say he got the better of LeBron. It's not like he lifted the trophy and got Finals MVP. So Kawhi is that the one player that can say that he did that? You know. So that's interesting. So I want to see what happens.
1: Well only, we're right there we're close
0: yeah very close can taste it so thanks lay for chatting me up we were supposed to be done a long time ago but somehow we we've been talking all this time yet and still but thanks for taking the time to talk to me this evening everyone thank you for listening as always you know how you can find us you can find us on twitter at the SL Reporter, that's the that's the main flagship Twitter account. You can also find us on our personal accounts. Uh, me at Cal Caldan C A L D A N three A four, and Leif at L D B Creations on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash The Reporter. Again, if you ever have any questions, put them out there for us. We'll we'll get to them. We'll answer them. And uh, and we'll we'll keep going with doing what we're doing. Uh, Want to thank everyone who's given us questions in the past, like Sharon, like Dwayne, and anyone anybody else. Keep doing it. Um, we like doing this. It's fun for us, and hopefully, it's enjoyable for you guys too that are listening. And if you think it's enjoyable, pass it along. Share it with your friends. Share it with anybody else who likes basketball. And uh, and hopefully, we can keep making this thing grow. So, uh, life, man. Have a good one.
1: All right, you too. Take it easy, everyone.
0: Good night.